This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Crossway, publisher of the ESV Teen Study Bible. Our current culture possesses an endless number of distractions and temptations, which is why having faithful and accessible biblical resources for teens is more important than ever. The ESV Teen Study Bible, edited by Pastor John Nielsen, provides numerous study and resource materials, including 12,000 study notes, more than 350 devotions, and 200 applicational and doctrinal sidebars to help define key doctrines. These features and more will facilitate deep engagement with the scriptures, impacting the minds, hearts, and lives of teen followers of Christ. Pick up a copy of the ESV Teen Study Bible wherever books are sold, or visit crossway.org plus to find out how you can get 30% off. This episode of the Gospel Coalition podcast is brought to you by Crossing Borders, an organization helping North Korean refugees sold in China. Learn how Crossing Borders transforms the lives of trafficked North Korean women at www.crossingbordersnk.org. This is the Gospel Coalition podcast, where we seek to renew the contemporary church in the ancient gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Colin Hansen. Today's podcast is a conversation with church planters John Anwuchekwa, Kempton Turner, and Joe Rigney on the danger of viewing people according to their usefulness to the church and how to avoid it. All right, so I'm here with my brothers Jono and Kempton, and uh, we're all church planters. So we planted Cities Church about four or five years ago here in uh, Twin Cities. You planted City of Joy yeah, in St. Louis. City of Joy, East St. Louis, Illinois. How long ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Cornerstone? About three and a half years about ago. three and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay, so here's the question for church planners. Um, that's kind of the, you know, lots of guys are getting into church planning, but it, when you get in there, one of the things you run into is lots of people are coming and you got lots of needs. So how do you avoid viewing the people that are coming into your door? You got limited time. How do you, how do you avoid the temptation to view them according to their usefulness. Like you start cataloging, like this person will plug in here really well, and if a person doesn't plug in, how do you how do you avoid that temptation? Well, I think I mean part of uh, yeah, yeah with that I think I think the biggest temptation is to think of them only in terms of their usefulness, right? Because mm-hmm. we do like yeah, mm-hmm. there are needs, yeah. and we are a family, and so right. people have to fill their role. But yeah. Um, one of the ways that we've tried to do that from the start is just trying to make sure that um, we're viewing ourselves as pastors, shepherds, those that care for the flock. So just right. from early on, we just had a yeah. consistent practice of praying through all of the names that are on our list. And mm-hmm. if we have, our, if we don't have a specific way to pray for them, mm-hmm. and all we have are generic things to pray for, then we reach out, and that's our sign to say, hey, we really got to find out what goes on in their lives. And then once you start to see how 
textured and layered folks' lives are, it it sets itself up as kind of a roadblock to guard against us just seeing them as cogs in a wheel. Right, that's good. That's good. I would say, I mean, first, acknowledging that I'm weak and that that is a temptation. Um, And um, I think, man, the Lord has helped us to cultivate, uh, like, like John was saying, like a servant's mentality, mm-hmm. uh, even as leaders and pastors, right. just praying for the heart of Jesus who showed up. And like in Mark 10, 45, he came to serve and not to be served. Right. And so uh, just praying, Lord, give us that mentality that when we step into the community, um, wherever it might be, or one-on-one, that we would come saying, Lord, how can I serve this person? Um, and the Lord just giving us a bent to, to ask the hard questions, to care for them, uh, and to help protect us from trying to use them. Yeah, it seems like um, one of the things to, to uh, that, that, you, that word usefulness, like people's usefulness. At one level, you just got to broaden that out because this is what this is what Paul does in in First Corinthians twelve is to say, you know, there's so many different parts of the body, and the parts that you think are unnecessary or less honorable are actually the ones that God gives more honor to. Um, and so that there's ways in which, um, you know, when you have, we have, uh, you know, this is gonna be relevant for you, especially you, you live this daily, but we have disabled members of our church. And so you, you don't view them in terms of their utility or their usefulness in a, like kind of an Americanized way, but they're bringing something else just by being there that communicates, and so that broadens that view of, of usefulness beyond just what, what can you do for us, you know, in a kind of very pragmatic way to a, how, can you, how can you show us more of Jesus by reminding us of, of, uh, of he came for the weak. Right. And you may be weak, and we need you here to remind us that he came for weak people like you and, and like me. That's right, I think that's good, man, just by, by being there. Yeah. You, you you ask the Lord, Lord, give me eyes to see people like you do. Right. Affirming that much further, you know, it's not dependent on what you can do for us, but who you are in Christ yeah. to us and your presence alone right. is significant. And I want to interact with you, not based on what you can give the church, but based on what God has given you, yeah. his son. And so um, you, you're made in the image of God. Your blood bought you, my brother and my sister. I want to develop a friendship with you and yeah. fellowship um, as, a, as a family member. Let's get to know each other. And then, yes, we can begin yeah. to talk about how we can shepherd you into areas of the church yeah. to use your gifts. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do think lends itself to just kind of the unhealthy temptation to look at folks just in terms of what they can do it's to start a church and to lead in ambitiously with, mm. this is what we're gonna do as a church, yeah. this is what we're gonna be as a church, and then right. try to take the church that you have and force them into something right. that they're not. I think mm. a better way is for us to yeah, care for our flock and right. then yes. based on what we have, say, oh, this is what we're gonna do based on what we have and yeah. not mm-hmm. the other the way around. Yeah. 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 Those, those uh, phrase, you, know, you, go to the, you go to war with the army you have, right. not right. the army you wish you had, right. you, right. you right. planned right. to have when you yeah. were in seminary and writing all yeah. those proposals yeah. about, exactly. about your church plans. It seems sometimes to me like there's a tension between, you, you meant to use the word shepherd, yeah. um, and kind of the pastor as a shepherd versus kind of a, a 
pastor as the catalyzer for ministry or something like that, where, where pastors feel like the main thing I need to do is, you know, to use biblical language, equip the saints for the work of ministry. So my main job is to kind of catalyze people into stuff. And yet there's this other dimension of just, they're just sheep and they need care. So how do you guys, any thoughts on like that tension between pastor as shepherd and then pastor as like activator for fruitful ministry? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just think, uh, like my brother said, praying for the, for the flock, interacting with them, uh, becoming friends. Like what's first? What's first to me is, man, how's your soul? How's your family? You know, how, how are you paying your bills? You know, um, the kind of things that communicate love and care. And then, you know, as you build that friendship and as you get to know this person, um, based on not a, a, a gifts inventory, but based on having them at your table, based on playing ball together, based on hitting the block together, then you begin to see, based on this developed relationship, I see how God has gifted this brother right, or sister yeah, yeah. to greet, to lead, to yeah. get on the evangelism team or whatever. Yeah. So I think just relationship. So that, that sounds like you, you view it people first. People. Yeah. Is this yeah. what you're saying? Like, get, yeah. who are the people that are here right. first? Right. And then let's talk about the 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 slots, the yeah, ministries, right. because right. we're going to do it with these people. Not I've got all these slots that I need feeling, and I, and now I'm I'm working through my list trying to find people to plug yeah. into the machine. Yeah, people yeah. over projects, that's right. what we say a lot. Yeah, and so my, like, that's easy for me to say because my disposition is aimed towards caring for the flat. Like, I don't have a bunch of new, innovative ideas, right? That's yeah. just me. But I would say to the guy who is particularly gifted to lead and to start and to catalyze, I think that the main thing is by virtue of being a pastor, what Ever that is, it has to be tempered by the mm -hmm. flock, right? Shepherd that the flock becomes right. priority. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of what you are, you are a pastor, shepherd first, and that needs to set the parameters, both the floor and the ceiling, for the things that yeah. you, yeah, lead them to or spark or catalyze. And that's that's a beautiful thing about diversity right. on that leadership yeah. team. Yeah. You got brothers right. that just want to care. Let's hey, care for uh, the sheep. You got yeah. other brothers that's like, let's let's get somewhere. Right. We got some gaps to yeah. fill so mm -hmm. that we can equip yeah. the people. And sure. and so um, that diversity on leadership is, yeah. is really beautiful. Excellent. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Thanks, brothers. Good. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You've been listening to the Gospel Coalition podcast. For more gospel-centered resources, visit thegospelcoalition.org. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn more and join us at tgc.org donate.